today we uh, are gonna jump right back into the book of Romans and we've been in it for the last several weeks and we have been connecting the dots between what Paul has been saying and Pastor Pete mentioned this a couple weeks ago where I don't know if you if this is uh, like me if you guys have ever done this where you read some portion of scripture and you go I have no idea what was just said right well, today we're going to talk about a passage, Romans 7, that actually there's, there's quite a bit of tension around. And there's quite a bit of tension around it because in just a, a little bit ago in Romans 6, we hear that Paul tells us there's this old nature within us that has died. And then in Romans 8, it talks about there's this new nature, a nature of the spirit. But how can there be two natures within us? How many guys have some tension in your life right now? Tension. Let's, let's be honest. Tension. We all, we all know what tension, right? Got some tension going on. Well, today we're going to talk about tension. We're going to talk about a battle. Is there anybody in here who's competitive? Competitive in nature. Maybe you've played sports. Maybe you are a vicious board game player. Do I have any of those in here today? I determined long ago that I will not play board games after 8 p.m., 9 p.m. My holiness just seems to rub off. After that time you get, you have that competitive nature. Or how many of you guys have decided, you know what, I can't even compete and I don't want to get my hopes up or I don't want to get riled up so I just won't even play or participate. Has anybody done that before? Right? You just, you just know. You just know that about yourself. Well, today we're going to talk about tension. We're going to talk about the tension between the old nature and the new nature. We're going to answer this question, why do I do the things that I don't want to do? Even though I have this new nature in Christ, even though I have, uh, I've submitted my life to Jesus, why do I keep doing the very things that I don't want to do? We're going to uncover the battle between these two natures within us. And it's uh, over the last few weeks, we've also been talking about what our, I, our, like, our identity statement is, who we are in Christ and those things. And today, one of, the, one of the, our identities that we're going to see is that, is that being born again doesn't necessarily mean that there's no remaining sin in my life. Have you guys ever felt that tension before? Have you ever felt that struggle before? Man, I love God, but why do I keep on sinning? Why do I keep on doing the things that I don't want to do? I know that hurts God, it separates me from God. And we're gonna see prophetic action. There's uh, an amazing example for us of prophetic action. This is how I wanna define it. So if you look at the Old Testament, you see King David... Before David was ever a king, he was anointed a king, right? We know the stories, we're familiar with it. He knew he was going to become king. And he needed to live that way before he actually was crowned. And we see that in the Old Testament, in some ways, he lived like a king before he was crowned king. And in other ways, he didn't live like a king. And in one of those ways is he married multiple women. Now, it was a law that kings were not supposed to do that. They were supposed to have one wife. But he married multiple women, and what caused it to happen is a, a lot of uh, sadness, a lot of brokenness. 
But he, he, he wasn't living like a king, even though he knew he was destined to be one. And so when we talk about prophetic action, that means we are taking these steps because we know the identity that God has called us to is to live righteous and holy before him. So our prophetic action are those steps that we're taking towards our identity and what God has called us to do. We're going to talk about this today. We're going to talk about how we need to embrace conviction and reject condemnation. You know, conviction is a gift from the Holy Spirit. We need to be excited about conviction. I know that sounds strange and weird and funny because how many of us love to be convicted? Anybody? No, like it's it's one of those like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) You know, oh, well, I'm okay in this area, but this other area, you know, I'll just shy away from it. No, conviction is a gift from the Holy Spirit because it draws us nearer to God. It removes those sins in our lives that keep us separated from him. But we do need to reject condemnation. Because in Romans, Paul says again, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. He doesn't condemn us. But he will convict us because he wants us to live in the fullness that he has for us. Our next prophetic action is this, that we guard our hearts. We guard our hearts. We avoid and destroy opportunities to sin. We set our affections on Jesus Christ. And we cast ourselves upon Jesus and the the work he did on the cross. Pastor Bob talked about that last week, how we join our faith to Jesus and the work that he did. It's, It's relationship over rules. It's relationship over the law. Would you guys grab your Bibles, open them up. If you have them on your phone, I want you to, I encourage you to open up the word there. And let's read this passage together. It's out of Romans 7. We're going to finish Romans 7. And what's important for us to remember here too is that we're in a series. So it's important to take the passage in correlation with the passage that came before it and the passage that comes after it. Don't miss next week. Next week is really, 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 really good. (laughs) But Romans 7, verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? 
Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So what Paul is saying is that we have these two natures and there's tension between them. There's a battle, a constant battle between them. On one hand, we have this old nature, which he calls the nature of the body or the nature of the flesh. And on the other hand, we have this new nature, the nature of the mind or the mind of the spirit. And they were at war with each other and they're battling and we feel it. When I was a kid, my, my parents were first generation Christians and um, I'd, I'd go to church and I, I, would, I would hear the Bible and I would be like, what did they just say? Right? I just didn't understand. But back in the day, my parents had this green, it was this, this green Bible, and it had in gold foil letters. It said, Life Application Bible. It was big. And it had all the gold tabs on it. Does anybody remember those? Yeah. You know, Debbie's like, yep, I remember those. And it was, it was such a great translation to help me understand what that really meant, what the passage was talking about. So I'm actually going to reread this section, but I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, and it'll help us understand. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. Last week, we talked about how it has to be relationship over rules, right? That the law cannot save us, but it's Christ alone. But here's the thing. We don't just throw out the law. We don't just say, well, the law is this evil thing. No, the, the law is spiritual and good. And if you read the entire New Testament or the Old Testament, it's so beautiful to see God's character throughout his law. What does God tell Joshua when Joshua steps up to the plate for leadership? God tells him, do not let the law depart from you. Meditate it on it day and night. In Psalms 19, it says, I will, or in 119, it says, I will store your law, your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. How does a young man keep his ways pure? By knowing the law. The law is not a bad negative thing, but the law can't save you. And it can't defeat the sin nature in us. It can't. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. How many guys have ever felt that way before? I am just too human. I used to think when I was younger, I definitely uh, struggled with a, a time in my life where I was a perfectionist. I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted to be perfect, right? You have this struggle. And I used to think, man... If I were just like, if I were a dog, that would be sweet. I could, I could handle that. But being human is too hard. I hated my flesh aspect of me. That thing in me that said, man, I just keep doing what I don't want to do. And you beat yourself up or you put yourself down. You feel that condemnation. Right? It's where... It's this whole thing of like, I'm just too human. I'm a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, what is right. I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is this sin nature living within me. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I think one thing that we've seen over the last few months is 
that humanity at its best is still not good enough. When people tell me, hey, you just need to love these other people. I have a hard time, listen, I have a hard time loving my neighbor's cats who use my garden as their litter box, okay? When I can find no love in my heart for them. I've thrown rocks at them. It's funny. Um, I, I, I hate them. I mean, they're very sweet and they, they look very kind and they want to be my friend, but I want nothing to do with them. So when people just say, hey, you just need to love someone else, what happens when I can't find love in my heart for somebody else? I can't just make it up, right? Humanity at its very best is still not good enough. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I have discovered this, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this body of death? And this is what Paul is talking about. He's addressing these two natures that are at war with one another inside of us. Verse 25, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind. But with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. When, and when I go against what I don't want to do because I'm in my new nature, I'm in the spirit. And when I'm fighting that old nature, when I go against that new nature, I'm in my old nature. Have you ever just found yourself struggling with sin before? Have you guys ever found yourself, you, you, you know, you're convicted of, of a sin, you're convicted of something in your life and you just can't overcome it and you become discouraged? One of the things in my life, and this I'll say recently, is uh, usually I don't, use, I don't use foul language. It's just not part of my vocabulary. I haven't made a habit of it. I've, you know, whatever. I, generally at a church, in the church office, you don't hear a lot, right? <laughs> Hopefully not. But here's the thing. So I don't know about you guys. In the last uh, few months, I've probably watched more TV than I normally would have. You know, you're always exchanging Netflix series or whatever. You got to watch this. You got to watch that. Well, so Kyle and I, we've been watching this, um, this one documentary. And I got to a point, one of the seasons was the language was really foul. This is football documentary and the language is really foul and I found myself not saying the words out loud but saying the foul language in my mind I'm like whoa where did that come from I knew that I was an impressionable in that area so I got we got to two or three seasons in or episodes in and you guys like you feel convicted you feel this and then you just I'm not going to watch this anymore I'd encourage you, if you do feel convicted about watching things, listening to things, being involved with things, follow the conviction, right? It's a, it's a good thing. So I just thought, I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to watch this, this show anymore because I can't, I can't keep that foul language out of my head. And it's one of the things I got to remove myself from. But it was this, it's not a matter of willpower. It's not a matter of like, oh, this is just fine. No. We have, to, we have to be proactive against it. We have to go against it. So here's the thing. Let's look at the old nature. We have this old nature. What is the old nature like? What is the nature of the body that, that Paul is speaking of? It's a nature of lust, 
of pride, of greed, of selfishness. It's that thing that nothing good dwells in me. Nothing good dwells in me. Nothing. It's a nature of sin, and we know what sin leads to. Paul tells us again, what, is, what are the wages of sin? Say a little louder. What are the wages of sin? Death. And you know, there's nothing worse than sin. Sin in the Bible is described as sin. Sin is not darkness. Sin is not despair. Sin is not depression. Sin is not fear. Sin is separation from God himself. And I think sometimes we, we don't see sin for its true effect of what it is. You know what? If, if sin were darkness, it wouldn't be said in Psalm 139. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. Right? Even when we're afraid, God is still with us. Even when we're in despair, God, his presence is still with us. Even when we're depressed, God can, is, is there with his presence. But sin is the worst possible outcome because it's full separation from God himself. But let's look at the new nature. What is the new nature like? It is the mind to do what is right. It is the desire to do the heart of the law while being free from it. We talked about that last week. It's my, my new nature in Christ brings life and peace. It is the nature that pleases God our Father. And I think that's why we have attention as believers is because we taste and we see and we have these moments of the new nature and they're so good that we want to despise and reject the old nature completely, right? We know that the new nature is so good. It's that same spirit that comforts me in my trials and points my eyes towards the future. It's that same spirit that strengthens me when I'm weak. It gives me stability when I'm shaky. It's that spirit that brings me new life, fulfillment. And it's that spirit that helps me crucify the old nature. It's that old nature. It's we have this tension, the fight. So Paul is saying, who can deliver me from this body of death? Can our government save us? No. Can your pastor deliver you? No. Can your parent deliver you? No. Can your counselor deliver you? No. Can you yourself deliver you from the body of death that we struggle against, the old sin nature? No. We cannot deliver ourselves. So Paul is proclaiming and asking this question, who can deliver me? But the question is, how can this be? How can there be two natures within me? Because in Romans 6, it says this, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you 
also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Picture this. An ancient warrior draws his sword from the sheath. And the next thing that he does is he takes his sheath and he casts it aside. He throws it away because he knows he's not sticking that sword back in that sheath. He's either going to be defeated and die, so the sword is going to be no good to him, or he's going to reign victorious. He's going to come out the victor and never have to fight again. And sometimes we do that with the sin nature, is we come out against it and we fight and we equip ourselves in different ways. We equip ourselves with knowledge, but knowledge won't save us. How many of you guys have ever approached a sin before and you go, man, I, I know with all my mind, I know with every fiber of my being this is wrong, and you still end up doing it. Or we talked about willpower. I'm going to willpower my way through it. I'm going to put some boundaries up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to avoid going different places and sin still happens. And you feel defeated. You feel broken about that. We equip ourselves with the law. We talked about how beautiful the law is. And yet the law won't keep us from sinning. At times we decide we're going to, if we can't, defeat our sin nature within ourselves and by ourselves and with these different things we've we've equipped ourselves with, we decide we're going to compromise with it, right? We're going to tolerate it. But the word of God says to crucify it. It doesn't say to become friends with it. It doesn't say to make deals with it. It doesn't say to be like, oh, you know, it's it's okay. I'm I'm better, but this other little part I'm not going to mess with. No, we need to crucify it. We have to kill it. It's this tension of this. I am already, but I am not yet. (laughs) I am already, I am already living in the new nature of Jesus Christ when I submit my life to him. I have his new nature in me. But I am not yet free of this sin nature. It is still battling the tension within me. I want to encourage us and comfort us this way. How can there be two natures in us? Have you guys ever thought about Hebrews 4, where it talks about how we have a great high priest who has walked through every temptation? It's a word of comfort to us of saying that he, he knows every temptation we've walked through and yet he did not sin, but he can identify and relate to us. Jesus has the new nature. He is the new nature and yet he was still tempted. This is a word of comfort. This is a word of hope. This is a word of peace. Because what Paul is saying is this, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thank you, God, through Jesus Christ. He's our Lord. I can't rescue me. No one can deliver me but Jesus. 
Jesus is going to deliver me from this body, this nature of death that has ruled and reigned in me. I am already walking in his new nature. And then I recognize there's this sin nature. But we know who our victor is. We already start out on top ahead. We still have to go through the battle, but Jesus Christ is our victor. This is the gospel. This is our comfort. This is the peace that I can be in relationship with God the Father because Jesus is the one who delivers me. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. In fact, I've lived in Clark County my entire life. And I've spent a lot of time outdoors. As a kid, my dad, my parents would take us out camping every weekend. We'd never go to town. We'd never go to the city, right? (laughs) It was never a thing we did. I grew up on five acres and we we would play and we would go on trails and build tree forts and, and all that. And as an adult, like, you know, I've been on a million different hikes and I love the area. And I've spent a lot of time around trees. And one thing I've noticed about trees, when a tree dies, it doesn't just disappear. It doesn't just poof and it's gone. It starts deteriorating. And slowly, the needles or the leaves, they start dying. They dry up, they shrivel, they fall. Slowly, the wind beats it down. Slowly, it starts crumbling or falling apart. A tree, when it dies, doesn't just disappear. The tree has to be uprooted. It has to be changed. You know, even when you burn a stump, if you guys have ever tried getting rid of a tree, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Even if you burn a stump, the roots underneath the ground can be on fire for days and days and days. They can smolder and smoke. It's actually quite fascinating to see. But here's the thing. When this old nature in us is dying and dies because we have the new nature, it doesn't just disappear. But the new nature is uprooting that thing. It's overcoming that that old sin nature in us. And we walk in that victory that he gives us. I am already and I am not yet. So we have these two natures that battle between themselves, but we know that the new nature will win out. And we can overcome sin. And we can walk in righteousness and holiness and walk in his will for our lives. So how does this work out in my life? It's those prophetic steps that we're taking. It's that we, can, we embrace conviction Conviction, again, is a gift, but we reject condemnation. We guard our hearts. Out of our hearts comes the wellspring of life. It's up to us as an individual to guard our hearts. And we all know our different triggers. We all know the the different things about ourselves. One thing that may trigger me may not trigger you. We have to guard our hearts. We have to avoid and destroy opportunities for sin. 
We're responsible for that. We're responsible. We set our affections on Jesus. We look to him. We say, Jesus, I love you. I'm going to pour my love out upon you. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. We set our affections on Jesus. And we cast ourselves upon Jesus and the work that he did on the cross. We don't rely on our knowledge. We don't rely on our own strength. We don't even rely on the law. We rely on who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. It's him and him alone. 